a shared reflection. She hides the signs God sends down to her. Skeletons in the closet. He isn't right for her and she knows it. She was a holy woman praying for a man to change. Day after day. See, I feel her though. I really do understand. I know that hurt. And I know that pain. I know that prayer. And I know that strain. I know she is losing herself, trying to be perfect, trying to win over his whole heart and love. I know she goes the extra mile just for her efforts to be brushed under the rug. I know it feels like a curse to her. She sees the same things happening to the women in her family. I know her faithful heart. I know her loyal bones. I know she feels unwanted. I know she craves for love to feel like home. The way she gathers up the pieces of her broken heart become a daily ritual. Her faith's still strong despite it all. You can't help but to wonder why. You can't help but to look at this woman and cry. I know you. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Race to the Finish. This is the fourth episode, and we've been on a roll lately. So thank you, everyone, who's been tuning in to every single episode. And also to that announcement that I put out yesterday about uh, Race to the Finish and where it's going. We're going to be out in Seattle at the end of August. And so I'm just really excited to see how things um, really, really play out with the show. But as for now, we're going to keep things going and um, bring in all my friend Angel. You know, we've known each other since a while back. And so, but now yes. she's doing great things. So, Angel, you want to go yeah. ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, guys. My name is Angel. Um, I'm from Lorain, Ohio. Uh, I write poetry. I go to Cleveland State University. Um, I'm an education major. And I love children. I love nature. I love um, poetry. I love animals. Yeah. <laughs> so wholesome. So wholesome. Yeah. Thank you. So, so yeah, b- a big part of the reason why I wanted to bring you onto the show is because you're doing really awesome things, you know, just on your own. You just published your first book. Like, yeah. how many of us can actually say that? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I've always wanted to publish a book. I think that's so cool that you were able to do that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I published my first poetry book called Sunflower Coffee on June 12th of this year. And it's I've gotten amazing results. I it blew my mind. I didn't even expect it to to be as big as it is right now. You know, yeah. I've had so much support, so much love and man, it's truly such a blessing. It's so incredible. Yeah, and I could definitely see it. like the response on social media. I mean, you have so many people sharing your stuff and like yeah. you know, you're doing you it's you know, amazing. your own promotions, but even people are just responding really well to it. So like Yeah. I'm so blessed. I did not I I did not expect that at all. So So like what what's the scoop with the name like Sunflower Coffee? Like what like you know, I don't I don't know what that is, but where did that come from? <laughs> yeah, the name Sunflower Coffee. I've been wanting to create this book for a while now for a couple of years and I've I don't know a while back I just thought the name sunflower coffee um I love sunflowers that's my favorite flower and I love coffee it's my favorite thing I can't go a day without coffee 
So why not combine two things I love and make it one? And actually one of, because my poetry book is actually a collection of poetry and short stories. So one of the short stories I have in the book is called Sunflower Coffee. And although I love poetry, I like to create short stories at times. And I just kind of went with it. Try to use my imagination and just make it into something. Yeah. And so, yeah. <laughs> like, how can I put this? So, like, what, what, what really got the ball moving for you to actually, like, go out and publish a whole book? You know, like, like yeah. what, what was it that pushed you to do that? I, I've been writing poetry since I was young, since elementary school. Poetry has always been a huge part of my life. But what kind of pushed me to actually create the book was I told myself this year I need to do it. Like something in me just told me like you need to put your work out there. I created um, a poetry Instagram where I would share my posts and I got I got a number of people like asking me to make a book or when are you going to create a book? And I've been wanting to. It's been a dream of mine. But one day, June 12th, just the date came to me. And I was like, I just got to that's the date. I need to get this book out by June 12th. So I started putting my poetry together and boom, there it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Yeah. It just, I don't know. It's been what a dream would you of say, mine. What would you say is your favorite piece from like your book or mm -hmm. your, your poetry book? That's, that's a really good one. I have, I have a couple of really like my favorites. I really like, the poem that I wrote, um, Hurricane Maria. Okay. And that's inspired by um, the hurricane that hit Puerto Rico. Uh, after the hurricane devastated the island, like, I have, I'm half Puerto Rican, so half of my family, um, my, my mom's side of the family, she has family that still lives out there. And I remember my abuela, like, not being able to get a hold of her siblings out there and just how crazy and devastating that that storm was so i wanted to write a poem about that um so i did and it's one of my favorites another one of my favorites is lorraine ohio it's about my city which we'll dive into that more oh yeah for um, sure uh, i i don't know there's so many um yeah i don't know those are probably two of my favorites yeah that's another one that one was my deepest piece, but oh um, yeah, and we're definitely gonna get into that one. Yeah. So yeah. to the listeners out there, you know, just to put some context behind what we're talking about, uh, you know, we're gonna be diving into a couple poems uh with this discussion because Angel actually put them out on her Spotify. So mm -hmm. you can actually look up uh was it Angel the Flower on Spotify? Yep. Angel and, the Flower on Spotify. Yep. And so and then you can actually listen to the poems uh uh spoken by Angel herself and and actually like get all the emotion all like the 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 raw i don't know how you would put it uh context of everything you yeah. know and understand it for what it is so yeah. i'm glad you brought up lorraine ohio because you know that is where i'm from too and yeah. and that's where we know each other you know from lakeview mm -hmm. and and yeah. I, I stand and i and i stand by this today lakeview is probably the best school i've ever been to yeah uh, yeah and it's because like you know the teachers there actually like cared they, they cared <laughs> they went the extra mile it was people from all walks of life 
Lorraine, Ohio. My city is a trap. It's a trap, they say. Prolonged nights and wasted days. A city full of broken hearts. A city of fallen dreams. A city full of broke down plans. A city of torn up schemes. They look at my city with disgust in their eyes. My city of minority, hungry and high. They look at my city. Where, when you wrote your poem, Lorraine, Ohio, you kind of captured a lot of different um, uh, emotions and sentiments about our city. You know, you mentioned how you you mentioned you speak of Lorraine, Ohio in a beautiful context. Like this is where I'm from and 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 you can't say nothing about it type of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. But also at the same time, you kind of take a position where it's like, yeah, but there are things wrong with our city. Like, I think the the line that that really stands out is at the end of the poem. I know we're kind of going like (laughs) all over the place with this. But like at the end of the poem, you said it's um, a city of broken dreams. Like, mm-hmm. what did you mean by that? My city of love. My city where your background didn't match your race. My city where a name can match a face. My city by the lake. My city by the mill. My city of hungry. My city of ill. My city of saint. My city of king. My city built on broken dreams um with that line what i kind of was referring to what i was trying to get at was that uh, i i also said in that poem that lorraine ohio is a trap it's a trap they say Mm. um and that kind of goes with the it's a city of broken dreams because i feel like in lorraine ohio people kind of um Except, except like where they're at. Just seeing some things that they would go through. I'm like, you don't have to go through that. Like, you can get out, you know? And, what do you think some of those things are? Like depression. Oh, okay. Like, just the way people treat each other. Um, I guess what I'm referring to as well is um, like drugs. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Just different things that, I mean, it's different for everybody. Everybody struggles with different things. Um, but just some things that I've noticed from people I'm close with myself as well, things that I've struggled with, like, so I think, you know, what I kind of gathered from all of that is like, you know, people, at least from my own perspective, I guess people in this city, we kind of you're right, become complacent about what our situation is. I remember being a a kid, like, and being told, yeah, like, your goal is to get out of this city, because once you're past a certain age, you're going to be stuck here forever. And if you look at people around you, like, a lot of people are are still here, right? And and Mm -hmm. then getting older with age and stuff like that, I matured to the thought that's like, well, it doesn't really matter where you live, it matters what you're doing. And you know, I feel like a lot of people still carry around this stigma here in Lorraine about what it means to be here as a negative thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that when we're young, we're taught to dream huge, to have dreams that reach the stars. But when we're older, we don't see many people leaving the city. We don't see many people in the city 
accomplishing those dreams that they set for themselves, those goals that they set for themselves and becoming complacent. I think that's kind of what I was referring to as well. Falling into um, traps of like, like I said, like depression or drugs or other alternatives and just giving up on their goals or their dreams or who they want to be. You know, Um, my abuela would tell me stories about how when her and my abuelo first moved to Lorraine and how many job opportunities were here and how amazing the city was. There was the steel mill. There was the Ford factory. There was little, South Lorraine was little Puerto Rico. It was open to so many like Hispanics and um, minorities, not only Puerto Ricans, there was more, but like, I remember even learning in one of my classes that it has the highest, Lorraine has the highest percentage of Puerto Ricans in all of Ohio. Um, and it was just booming with so much to offer. Downtown Lorraine had so much to offer. There are so many people here. And she would even tell me, like, it was just, it was so different, you know? And now, like, when she would tell me those stories about when she first moved to Lorraine, I just saw Lorraine in such a beautiful light, you know? And, like, now I just feel like everybody kind of downs it you know yeah like and and it's not like a lot of those sentiments went away too you know I mean, no it's not and we i mean if you even if you even look downtown like things are looking up you know like mm-hmm. you know people are coming in and renovating and and, and it's not just like big businesses it's, that's not happening like these are all like smaller businesses you know local like people coming together and actually doing something you yeah. know like the the festivals are lively people are actually yeah. like 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 getting engaged with the city and that's what i like to see like that's what i've always wanted to see and so kind of you know going back to the whole poem you know how do you think like what do you do to kind of take people's sentiments about the city right and translate it into your poetry like what does that process look like for you i i kind of i kind of try to view it through my own lens but i also I don't know. I listen to the stories people tell me, to the words people tell me, to how people, how I see people talk about Lorraine or how I see people talk about the people in Lorraine on social media, too. I just kind of take it all in. You know, I don't I don't ever like ask anybody. I just kind of I'm more of an observer, you know. Um, Oh, okay, That makes sense. Yeah. So I'll kind of use a little bit of everything, especially the people I'm closest with or even now social media is a huge platform. Um, So. When I'm on social media, you know, you see little tweets or statuses or posts about Lorraine every once in a while or um, people post about everything. But, um, yeah, I kind of just take it in. And when I wrote that poem, it was about it was like a while ago, maybe. Maybe like seven years ago, it was a while ago. You wrote Lorraine, Ohio, seven years ago. Yeah, that was. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. That was a pretty old poem. And I just remember feeling like very prideful because I was hearing so many negative things about Lorraine, Ohio at that time that I just, I wanted to create like a, a, a good image of Lorraine, Ohio and portray it for what it is, you know? People like to down things. And I think there's two different lens you can look out of. You and know? what do you think, like, we need to do, like, I, I guess as, like, citizens of Lorraine, Ohio, like, <laughs> you know, but, but like, what do you think we all need to do to kind of, you know, uplift our community, right? Like, yeah, we're talking about course. community. We yeah, love community. the people around us. 
Yeah, like, I think, what do we need to do? I think as a community, we definitely need to support each other. I think everybody's so negative, especially nobody. Nobody wants to see anybody doing better than them. Maybe not nobody, but a lot of people. And I think that whole mindset needs to change. It's not a comp competition. It's not a contest. We just need to help each other. That's how we make our city better. That's how we're stronger. We need to build a community. We need to host events. We need to support each other's dreams. We need to go after our own dreams, you know, and we just need to be positive. I think, yeah, I think the biggest thing is that support. Yeah. And I'm with that too. It, it's it, and you know, I can say from kind of getting back into like creation and stuff like with this podcast and like a couple other things too. Like it, it doesn't work if people don't support you, you know, it, it doesn't work if like people look at you for, you know, what your identity is, but also where you come from. You know, I, I would admit right. that like part of the reason why, like I want you on this show to do this mm -hmm. episode is because we're from the same city. Yeah. Right. I know mm -hmm. something that I recognize here is that the Lorraine has some of the best artists like in the state, maybe even the country, right? Oh, and it, it's because, like, it, I, I'm gonna sound cynical when I say this, but art comes from pain. You oh, know, amen. a lot of <laughs> a lot of, a lot of the best art comes from uh, uh, a place of pain, whether it be a personal experience, trauma, or 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 seeing somebody else go through something. You mentioned earlier on today about how Lorraine can be a trap for like depression. Right. You know, I go through depression. You know, I, I'm, I'm diagnosed with mild depression. I'm not afraid to to admit that. But yeah. a big part of that is because, you know, there were, you know, were, there were some things that that I had to go through. Right. That that I had to kind of figure out. Um, But that doesn't mean that I have to be the only one to do that. And I kind of get that vibe from you, you know, yeah. with this poetry. Like, you know, is that kind of like what you're trying to do with your artwork like yes that's exactly what i'm trying to do um i think for me growing up my name's angel as i mentioned <laughs> earlier <laughs> well my name's angelica but everyone calls me angel and having that name itself is like such a huge pressure on your shoulders because everybody expects you to be an angel everybody expects you to be perfect everyone expects you to be this amazing person and i mean i think of myself in that light that i'm amazing but i'm not perfect i go through things just like everybody else but i always felt like i had to keep that smile um poetry was my way or is my way i should say of venting of it's my outlet my way of releasing my emotions my inner feelings what i truly feel inside beneath that smile behind that smile so just the things that I've been through, the things that you wouldn't know just by looking at me or hearing my name or, oh, that's Angel, you know? It's, it's deeper than that. And poetry is my outlet and my, my way of expressing um, the things that I go through because everyone goes through things. And I'll admit, you know, listening to, to some of your poetry too, like, of course, I'm not walking in your shoes. Like your experience is only your experience and it's nobody mm -hmm. else's experience. Right. But right. that's why the word relatable exists. <laughs> and mm -hmm. because there are certain things, you know, that you say in your poems that are very relatable. You know, when you said, you know, Lorraine, the city of broken dreams, it's, you know, I know you didn't mean it in a context of like, oh, well, this place sucks. Like, don't ever come yeah. here or else your dreams are go to shit. Like, <laughs> 
no, that's not <laughs> <laughs> like like that, I know that's not what you meant. It was more so to communicate like people here believe that to be it, but it's not yeah. that. And yeah, I, and I think that's why I really admire what you're doing because you're putting in the work to kind of turn over that stone. You know what I'm saying? And to yeah. kind of redefine, you know, what it means to be from Lorraine, but actually not even just be from Lorraine, but to be a creator from Lorraine, you know? Right, right, right. And I hope like with my poetry, like those who listen or those who read it, like I hope that they see that and I hope they see that they're they're not alone. There's there's so many there's so many talented people, so many creative people, so much so much um oh man i am just at a loss for words today so much <laughs> um what's the word ah potential so yeah, much there potential in this city you know but like we were talking about earlier just people being so complacent and just so content with where they're at and just set just they settle you know and just well well let me let me run this idea you. i, I kind of want to like not I want to. Yeah, I do. I do kind of want to push back on that idea, uh, though, a little bit, just because I think it's um, I think it might be a little bit easy to to look at somebody and say, well, you're not doing anything about the situation that you're in, you know, and I'm speaking from my own perspective. I'm not trying to like 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 clash. But let me let me just explain what I'm saying. Like, yes. say, for example, you know, we have an opioid crisis in Ohio. There's so many people that are on drugs, right, that are addicted and 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 you can't just tell somebody who is physically addicted to drugs right to just stop because they can literally kill themselves like you know their brain is dependent on that chemical or those chemical reactions that are going on in their head so obviously there was a chain reaction that led up to that point in which that that they can't just unravel within a split decision yeah it took a split decision to try a drug once but then there are a lot of other things that we can't control you know, um, uh, to just stop it. Now, the reason why I use that example is because things exist within a system, at least in my head. So kind of bringing it back, like how a drug addict can be systematically given drugs because they, their conditions uh, 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 heighten their chances to actually use the drug. I think about, let's use something a little bit more innocent, the kids, mm -hmm. right? So we were just talking about how kids you know here have all this potential to do whatever they want and you know and i believe that lorraine offers a lot of artistic outlets so sure. I, you work with kids mm -hmm. right and, and yeah. you're studying education and doing all these great things a big concern of mine being from here that I that I feel like a person like you can answer. You know, I don't want to put pressure on your shoulders. I'm sorry. You know, with this question, but like, what do we tell the kids? You can create. You yeah. can do this. But how do we actually get somebody to believe that? You know what I'm saying? I constantly I work at the Boys and Girls Club. One thing I constantly tell the kids, like every lesson I do, um, I tell them. You are the future world changers. It starts with you. Like, I'm telling you guys this stuff. I'm telling you guys this stuff. I'm teaching you this, but it starts with you. You are the future generation. I try to expose them to a lot of things and just... some. Sometimes they, it clicks for them. Sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes it takes the right person. I think with children and with people they need to explore they need to find things themselves and as teachers 
as mentors, as as just people of the community, ways that we can kind of kind of help them and lead them into the light is just by sharing our own experiences, by encouraging them, constantly encouraging them, even when they make mistakes, even when they're, I'm not sure about this, and let them try new things and just when they do something, like I have a student right now who's an amazing, amazing artist. One way, I'm not, I'm not the best at drawing, but I think he's so amazing. One, one way I kind of supported him was by getting him a sketchbook. I bought him a sketchbook and I told him like, use this. I exposed him to different Instagrams like that I followed um, that were amazing artists. And it was funny because he created his own Instagram and he kind of... Um, the Instagram I showed him was like something something draws and he made his something something draws but with his name so he and he loved that artist and inspired him and he kind of he um mirrors not copies but like um takes some ideas from these art that artist that I showed him into his own drawing and that really encouraged him to draw more and I, I remind him all the time that he's amazing I think children need that I think people need that I think um people need to be supported you know to make something and like i was saying in lorraine ohio it's a beautiful city i'm gonna end on a lighter note but we don't see enough support we don't see enough encouragement and motivation and just community within our community yeah and i'm with that too yeah i do want to say this because i don't want to be i'm the, the poem is not negative um, I'm just pointing out what I see. There are so many talented people. There are people pursuing their dreams in Lorraine, Ohio. Um, there are people that are doing things, making moves, making things happen. I see it all the time. But I think what we need to do better is support each other. Like that's something that I've been trying to do better too. Um, yeah. that, like actually like, supporting local talent in terms of you know what i'm doing for my own projects like Mm -hmm. i know that there's like fashion designers right that make their own clothes Mm -hmm. and they're from here and and filmmakers photographers and all these different you know entrepreneurs creative entrepreneurs that are doing great things but that are from here right and so if we support each other we put ourselves on the map we don't really need anyone else to do it although Mm -hmm. it would be nice <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, and I didn't want to like, you know, make it seem like that the the poem was negative, but No, no. But also not, like But it 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 shows like how people portray it as well, you know? And I think even I find myself falling into that um that view sometimes because it's so hard. It's so easy when a lot of people around you think that way, you know? It's so easy to fall into that way of thinking about the city as well we need to be more open-minded and more supportive of each other and not fall into lorraine sucks there's nothing here Mm -hmm. there is a lot here it is so easy to so that poem was kind of it incorporated some of that but also incorporated the fact that there's so much potential here it's not like lorraine ohio is a great place to be you know it's what made it's what made me it's what made you you know yeah, for sure. And all the experiences that came with it, all the great friends mm-hmm. that I've made, like even to this day, my two best friends are from here. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, or Mine I had too. a friend out in Cleveland and <laughs> and I had a friend out in Columbus or whatever, right? Like like anyone really 
friends out there, you know, when they're children, you know, that are, that end up being their best friends because I see them all the time. You know, you know, I see, you know, those two best friends all the time. And it's because we have we share like similar experiences. Like I can even just reminisce. And I'm glad we're going down this road now because now we can talk about like, the greatest things about Lorraine that I can remember is Skate World. And yes, I love Skate World. Oh I remember God. like when we were kids, we used to like go out to go out to Skate World all the time. And, and that was like the best thing. And of course, yes. like Lakeview Park, uh, the mm-hmm. Palace Theater, like some of yeah. my greatest childhood memories were spent in Lorraine. Yes. And you know, while I love Cleveland so much, I do. Mm-hmm. Nothing will ever replace home in terms of the like the the memories that you have. Lord. And even and- if you have an overall negative experience, there're always going to be some of those positive experiences too that right. I can go back to. It's still yeah, exactly. It still makes you part of who you are. Um I and I mean, not to mention the pier and the lake, like that's one of my favorite parts of Lorraine. And I even mentioned that, like, in the poem. Over by the east side? Um, yeah, the east side, even on the west, west side, Lakeview um, Beach. Lakeview. Oh, okay, I know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just heard yeah, pier, and I'm thinking, like, the marina. Yeah, that too. On the east side, and even, like, the, um, like you said, Lakeview Park, but, like, the lake across the street and stuff. Like, it's just so beautiful, you yeah. know? You go there at sunset, and you watch, you watch the sunset, and you see the seagulls, and it's just, like, wow this is home like i i always feel so at peace you know yeah i don't know i don't i don't know if it's because it's my home or what but <laughs> it probably is home. but still it doesn't matter it's, <laughs> it it's, is. it's your experience and no one can actually sure. take that away from you you know like no matter how many people come through our city and tries to say like oh well uh it's all right i guess well it's like it's all right to you because you didn't grow up here yeah. i grew up here and that's yeah. why it's awesome and so you know, it's 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 a good thing, to, you know, to be able to say that once you reach that state of mind, it takes a while. You know, like a lot of people here um, are depressed. Yeah, it's true. You know, and it's because a lot of things, you know, happen in this city that aren't the best. But yeah. it takes people like you and me. It takes people like you to do the work that you're doing to shed light on the positive and um, and also criticize the negative, too. I mean, negativity isn't always a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But it, that's why I'm saying, like, you know, that poem really stuck out to me because it really brings home that mission that I believe people should do is to talk about what the problems are, but also the positives behind them, too. Yeah. Yep. I agree. And I also want to throw this in as well. Lorraine, Ohio is home for us and we can relate um, to this poem. But I know around the world there's cities like this too you know you may be from another city and read it and say wow that's just like the city i came lorraine lorraine is a small place you know there are tons of small cities across the world you know so i don't i don't it makes me feel like looking back at it and saying like you know this might not just be lorraine ohio there may be people in different cities feeling the same exact way it makes me kind of feel good you know like we're not alone you know, this is something that needs to be addressed everywhere. Yeah. Kind of thing like support. Like, could you just ima- can you just imagine? Maybe I'm this is the hippie at heart in me, but like the hippie at heart. Just imagine how amazing the world would be if we all supported each other. If we didn't fall into these dark places and blamed it on the place that we're from, you know, and 
the people around if we just supported one another and each other's dreams and just believed in one another, believed in ourselves and the city that we're from and made moves to make things better you know like just imagine it'd be like and, the best world ever <laughs> and on that note you know i kind of want to go on to that second poem that that yeah. we were going to talk about is testimony and yeah. you talked a lot about how you needed to believe in yourself I can say, you know, listening to that poem, I, I, I cried. I, I did. Like, I'm not afraid Whoa. to admit that, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I cried and, writing it. Man. <laughs> oh, well, I could only imagine. But, yeah. you know, uh, even going through at this point in my life, right, things are going very well. And I'm 24. Mm -hmm. And it took a lot of things to not go well at all. And in and years for that to happen. And you know, I just had to keep on believing in myself. And so hearing you talk about what your own experiences are and eventually come to believe in yourself was extremely inspiring and it was relatable too. So you. can you kind of talk about what testimony means to you and yeah. what you hope people can get out of it? Yeah, of course. Testimony, man, that was and is to date my deepest piece of work. Um, like I mentioned before, I literally bawled my eyes out um, writing it and reading it and even recording it. Um, it was so hard and yet so easy to write because it was so easy to write because emotions just flowed. They just flowed from me. And it was so hard because it, it was so painful. Um, I'll never forget when I wrote testimony because it was at the end of um, this spring semester. It was probably after midnight and I was finishing up notes and just out of nowhere, these strong emotions just hit me. I was listening to like the hip hop lo-fi music. And uh, you yes, know? yes, yes. The perfect study jams <laughs> perfect. with anime backgrounds. Yes, yes. And I amazing. love the ones that like, that move you know <laughs> oh yeah yeah like with the subtle movements and stuff like yes! there was one with like a little hamster on the wheel and then like the rain falling and so oh mm -hmm. yeah no for sure i love the one where the girl's riding in her room oh yes it's like, like yes. a cat in the That's window like the most just, notorious like... one yeah <laughs> i'm glad you know like oh yeah oh yeah i feel like anyone who's a college student and is 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 hip to anime knows what the lo-fi lo hip-hop beats are right right <laughs> so it was one of those nights studying i had my lo-fi hip-hop on and you know how those beats can get really sad well it got oh really yes sad. <laughs> no i'm glad really you brought sad. that up because people i feel like they don't understand when i say <laughs> the saddest songs have the least amount of lyrics yes they literally have no word or sometimes it'll be like a couple words and then instrumental and then a couple words and instrumental the same couple words instrumental you know yeah 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 so that's that's the kind of night it was and i just got so sad i got so sad my okay testimony was um was something that happened to me a, um two years prior to the moment i wrote about it those emotions hit me hit me so hard i just started crying i put away my notes i kept the music on i grabbed a piece of paper and i just started writing i was writing how i was writing my testimony and i really believe that god moved through me at that moment because I just felt the need to share my story. I stayed up. It was like already after midnight. So I remember crying, bawling my eyes out to the point where I had a headache. I couldn't go to sleep. And 
I believe I couldn't go to sleep because God wanted me to share that testimony. So as soon as I finished writing it, um, because I wrote it on a piece of paper, I it was like four sheets of paper. I typed it all out and I shared it on my um, poetry Instagram. I think I, I'll have to look up the time. It might have been two or three when I, um, when I shared that poem. But I could not sleep. I could not rest until my testimony was shared. And that's truly what it was. That's why I got its name, testimony, because it is my testimony. So before I go on to the next question, I do want to put the content warning out there just for any listeners and stuff, uh, you know, that may be sensitive to mental health issues and uh, and causes and, and trauma and all of that. You know, I, I want to do I do want to be respectful of any listeners who may not want to kind of indulge with indulge themselves in this type of conversation. So I'll put the the timestamps in the show notes on when um you know it might be more acceptable for you to listen if you just want to skip over that but I do want to put the content warning out there. So the next question I want to ask is what is testimony about? Like what are the you know some of the details? Like what is your testimony? Testimony When I tell you I thought there was no way out, I really did believe there was no way out. My demons spoon-fed me lies that tasted so bitter, yet so sweet. I never knew that having a huge heart could be such a dangerous thing. I would feel things so deeply on a level I thought no one would ever understand. Some truths were so hard to swallow, I'd choke. I would feel so intensely that I would be winded. Literally just breathing was hard to do. There were days I would feel like I was okay, like maybe the storm had passed. Then out of nowhere, it would downpour. I would have to run to the nearest restroom to hide my tears from the ones I knew needed me the most. I needed to show up for them, fully, and I couldn't. I couldn't because I couldn't even show up for myself. I didn't feel like it would ever be okay. I lost myself. I watched my innocence, my passion for life, and everything I thought I knew about who I was crash, break, and blow away with the breeze. The people who loved me could see me changing, and I could see it broke their hearts. I prayed faithfully every night but I didn't think I was being listened to I even took the medicine prescribed from the expert to help me I didn't feel it working it was more than just falling in love with the wrong person that's what they thought it was that's what it's always portrayed to be but it was so much bigger than that There was a lot more they couldn't see because they couldn't feel things the way I could. Or maybe because they just didn't know about all the battles I faced in my head. See, when it all came crashing, it didn't hit me in waves. It hit me in storms. Level 5 hurricanes. Testimony is about um, a a period in time where I was struggling with depression, um... There is, I think that's the biggest word I want to use, depression. I get like the umbrella term. I was struggling with 
my faith. I was struggling with losing myself, losing my innocence. I didn't know who I was. I had family issues uh, going on within my family. I had, I just got out of the most serious relationship, the only relationship I had ever been in. And that tore me apart. My first real heartbreak, my first real love, that kind of school issues. I literally, at that time, I flunked all my classes. There was a lot going on at work. There was things going on at work. I was promoted, but I had so much on my plate that I couldn't do what I was supposed to do. It was very stressful. I was at the lowest of the lows in my life. And um, the um, testimony is about when I try to commit suicide. So that it talks about the moments that led me there. It talks about um, how it was just a normal day in those feelings for me and how it just went downhill from there, how I decided I didn't want to do this anymore. And testimony also talks about how I got out of that, that how I regained my faith, how I was pulled out of that moment. And testimony, it gives the assurance that there's hope and that there's faith at the end of um, the end of a, a really bad breakdown. The end when you hit rock bottom, that there is hope and there is faith. So it talks about the things that I struggled with. But again, on a lighter note, it does give the reassurance that there is hope, there is faith, that I could find a way through it, that you could find a way through it. Oh. It is both a blessing and a curse to feel everything so deeply. We just don't give the curse the credit it's due. I would have given anything to feel less at that time. At that time, I was under a curse. A person who loves so passionately, cares so immensely, gives so fully, and dreams so beautifully, can still be dangerous to themselves. It was more than a heartbreak. It was pressure. It was judgment. It was fear. It was failure. It was weakness. It was stress, it was neglect, it was not loving myself. I didn't hold on tight enough when the storm came and uprooted everything I knew, and I lost myself. It was all of this at once. I prayed for a miracle, and I received a second chance. So when I tell you that even when you believe there is no escape, even when you're sure there is no other way and you're ready to accept it, there's light, there is hope, there is a way. I can't tell you the way because our battles aren't the same, but I can tell you, you have a purpose and it is not to get washed out by the storm. Keep faith and keep hope. That whole walk is very 
serious and you know because that introduces a lot of different complexities you know i'm not a therapist and i'm in no way qualified to be talking about like what causes you know suicidal tendencies and thoughts and stuff like that but i think it's important to point out that by you sharing your testimony right and ending it on a note of there is hope there is you know there is uh, a side that's here that is a lot more blissful than when you currently are you know can you tell me a little bit about how you made it through those dark times i mean because in the poem you were using words like a level five hurricane you know describing like how you felt in that moment you know i mean that is intense so how did you work your way out of that yeah that i i don't think i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna like sugarcoat things i don't think there's i don't think i have like a like a straight like clear cut answer to that question like i don't think i could say this is what pulled me out but at that moment i just remember feeling at my lowest of lows i was i was actually at the pier (laughs) um a place that i went to to write poetry a place that i went to to meditate i was bawling my eyes out the the poem illustrates the different feelings the different stages i went through before i took action my family came um somebody reached out to my family um my parents came my friend came my brothers came they all got there i was crying and luckily they were there to stop me and save my life um after that whole experience though i took time to reflect um and i just i just i knew that it wasn't my time god pulled me out of that storm for sure with my family arriving with everyone there you know and then i feel like after you're after you went through that storm and you're reflecting on it then you can really see but no one can really speak those words can tell how what am i trying to say like when you're in that moment when you're at that low it's hard to believe anything else especially when you're by yourself making these decisions because i believe that your own mind can be your biggest nightmare your worst enemy the thoughts that go through your mind you are your your own worst critic and because i was alone and because i was letting my thoughts control me i saw no way out stepping back getting through that moment and looking at the bigger picture looking at the things that i went through looking at the people that cared about me looking at all i've done and all i've accomplished with my life and even reflecting on my dreams and things that i still wanted to do like that's kind of what pulled me out yeah but getting through the storm itself i think i truly think it was a miracle from god because if my family wasn't there i truly i probably would not be here today um to be honest after that moment reflecting getting through that process and like i said reflecting on all those things made me want to be alive made me want to be here made me realize no this is not a good decision once you make this decision you can't take it back that's not what i wanted to do you know and then from that point after that reflection after that whole hitting rock bottom after that whole that time i worked on loving myself more i worked on seeing what I wanted and seeing who I was, 
not through the lens of others, not through my mistakes, not through all this stuff, but for who I truly was, for my heart, you know? Yeah. So it, and it was definitely a process from there. It didn't happen overnight. I was still depressed after that. Before, before that whole process, I took, I went to the doctor because I had depression, you know? I was doing, my, my mom made me go to the doctor because she was like, this is not, this is not you. This is not Angel. You're not my girl. You're not my nena. So, yeah, people, the people around you can tell. You can even tell. I knew I was depressed. I didn't want to admit it. Um, that's another poem, another one of my favorites. Now that I think about it, The Million Dollar Man is one of my favorites, and that talks about depression as well. Um, I think it's important to point out that, I think it's important to, sorry to cut you off, but I think it's important to point out, you know, and I want to let you know this, is that whatever you were going through is, is not your fault. And mm-hmm. I think that a lot of us who suffer from depression depression or depressive episodes you know or 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 diagnosed with these with these issues is a lot of a lot of us like to think that it is our fault that whatever you know whatever we're feeling the anguish that we're feeling that we're confused by it's like why is this happening like you know like like you'll be you'll be happy one day and then you know five minutes later your brain's like nope that's gone. Yeah. Like the memes that are put out there about depression are actually like really funny because yes. it comes from a, like I said, art comes from a p- place of pain. Comedy to me yeah. is art. And so yes. it, it, it just works. But mm-hmm. the thing is that this, it's not your fault. And, 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 and that's why I want to share that with you, you know, in, in a supportive way, you know, whether you believe that or not, I'm not saying that you're saying it's your fault, but I just want to mm-hmm. reiterate just to, just to kind of validate your experience that it's not your fault. You know, mm-hmm. you're here because you deserve to be everyone deserves to be no one deserves to fall into this into the worst of circumstances you see what i'm saying right and 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 i think it's important to follow those steps that you went to went through like seeing a medical professional you Mm -hmm. know seeing a professional about it but also practicing self-love and all these different things because we need that as people you know Mm-hmm. I think the first step, and I want to throw this out there because I want listeners to know as well, is admitting it to yourself. That was the hardest thing for me because I'm angel. That's that was my mindset in my head. Like I'm angel. I'm this happy girl. I, you know, like people look up to me. I have to put on this smile. I have, you know, like that. I kind of just put aside my sickness, and that can be so so bad. That can be so damaging. I think the first step is realizing you have a sickness, realizing you're not okay. In that poem I was telling you, The Million Dollar Man, the last um, couple lines goes, he calls himself depression, although when asked, I always deny. How can a happy girl like me be so acquainted with this guy? So I think we need to take a step back from... Sometimes even how we see ourselves, you know, we have to really, mm-hmm. truly look at our heart, our mind, what we're going through. Is it healthy? Because I was pretending I was good. I was putting on a smile. Some days I wasn't, but I try to put on a smile, but that didn't, that didn't mean I was okay. That didn't mean I was healthy. That didn't mean I was happy. And I think, I think that's the first step. So for the listeners out there, I think you need to take that step to really look at yourself 
and not just look at yourself in the mirror, like look at yourself. Are you okay? Are you happy? What's bothering you? Because social pressure pressures, what people say you are, what people think you are, even sometimes we can take those things and make them who we are because we start to believe. We need to really to really learn ourselves and know and know, hey, this is not okay. This is not me. And know that there is a way out of things. But the first step is admitting it, acknowledging it. And I've come so far because there are so many times I've denied it. There are so many times I didn't, I can't be depressed. I can't, this is not, you know, like I'll get through this. Right. And then that denial kind of ate me a lot at the end. Because when it all hit me, like, like you were saying, I described it as a level hurricane. It came out of nowhere, like hurricanes. They come out of nowhere, you know, boom, like. I was feeling sad, but all these emotions hit me so hard because I didn't take the time to acknowledge them. So I think that's what I'm trying to get put out there. That's kind of the advice and something I really want to say because I think it's so important. I think it's the first step before you can start loving yourself, before you can start the healing process, before you can start seeking help is acceptance. It's going to be okay. You need to admit things to yourself. You need to not deny things. You need to get out of that denial and say, I need to see. Hell, I need to look at the big picture. I need to see what's going on, you know? Even before you can seek help, you have to know what's going on with you first. Just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> you know, I do want to cap this off by saying that, like, if you, if you feel, and for the, this is for the listeners, if you feel like you're going you know, through something, you know, having any suicidal tendencies or thoughts or know somebody that's going through it, don't be afraid to tell somebody or to talk to somebody about it. But especially, yeah. please, 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 listeners, do not be afraid to go see a medical professional, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, whatever you want to call it. There are resources available. And, you know, I wouldn't have known this because, you know, I'm insured, right? And so I didn't have to worry about uh you know receiving psychological help when it comes to you know my mental cognitive differences but like here in Lorraine you know there are a lot of folks who you know don't have insurance and and have uh a, a lot of mental issues and and cognitive differences that they have to navigate through that someone told me that the Nord Center um always always is always uh welcoming people with open arms you know if they don't have insurance don't worry about it come on in we'll get you we'll get you uh will get you uh, shaped up and squared away. And I think that's something that I really admire about Lorraine is that we have a, 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 a strong focus on mental health. There are several yeah. resources available here in the city. And I hope that listeners that are from Lorraine or around Lorraine uh, can utilize it to their advantage to really seek the help and, 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 and see the light at the end of the tunnel. I think it's important. Yeah. To it out. yeah I want to throw out there too, since you kind of touched on it as well, like there is a stigma. You know, men don't want to seek mental health because they're too macho or too tough or because men can't have feelings. That is so not true. You need to take care of yourself. You need to reach out. There are people that are trained that can help you, that can save your life. You know, you need. And there's not all men are like this, but I'm just saying because I know men that that struggle with things, but they don't want to admit that, you know, because because of the. 
I'm, you know, I'm too tough. I have to be tough. I have to be strong. No, you don't. You are human. We are all human. Thing, you know, right? And and I I can speak that at too because I'm I'm a man, you know, and and I've struggled with that too. I mean, just the way that I was conditioned, like I'm expected to make it out through the toughest of scenarios, right? And because I'm a man and, you know, eventually I'm going to be the man of the house and the bread and the whatever you call it, the breadwinner or something. But, (laughs) but, but, you know, and people usually look down upon like mental health issues as something that like, oh, well, you just get over it. Are you depressed? You sad? Oh, get over it. Get over it. Get over it. Get over it. It's like, you know, I I hate the words get over it. Like it's actually triggering to me. (laughs) I think I low-key just triggered myself. And it's because, you know, people don't get it. They don't get it. You know, this whole thing of like, uh, uh, tough love. They I put quotes around that. It's because tough love comes from a place where someone else thinks that they see uh, uh, things a lot more simply than you. I think that's something you know comes from from like a, a yeah. perspective of someone who has ADHD, where my mind is like always in a thousand places at the same time. Yeah, and yeah. and so when I try to explain something and someone looks at me crazy, it's like, all right, well, I'm sorry, I gotta slow myself down. But at the same time try to work with me here man like yeah so so you know to the men out there and i'm glad you brought this up to the men <laughs> out there screw all that seriously like seriously. like none of that matters none of that matters whatever do whatever dudes are telling you like oh stop being depressed bro you know oh you're not gonna kill yourself bro oh well, like <laughs> you know go ahead and take you go ahead and take this heroin you'll feel better or go ahead t- mm-hmm. like take this joint you'll feel better like like actually, you know what? I'm gonna take that back because you know the whole marijuana situation, like a conversation, is something different. But anyways, you know what I'm saying? Drugs, like you know, that's how people fall into like fall into different things. You know, yeah. like screw all mm-hmm. that. You know, those people ain't there for you. You know, they're not because at the end yeah. of the day, they're not actually trying to align themselves with you. You know, as mm-hmm. men, we need to acknowledge that we're screwed up. The way that we're raised screws us up, and mm-hmm. we can screw up. A lot of people around us by the decisions that we make because we need to live up to this manliness. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, a lot of this links back to mental health. And so Mm -hmm. I mean, if I can make the decision, right, and if I can make the decision, graduate from college, you know, uh, uh, make it out through the toughest scenarios, you know, uh, in terms of like trying to make it through school (laughs) and and starting a podcast, make my get get myself a job and do all these different things, you know. Uh, there's no reason that you shouldn't feel like you can too, especially because that these resources are available in our city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. That was kind of like a long monologue. Sorry if I like took that over. <laughs> no, no, you were preaching. I was all for that. And I think that needed to be said and it needed to be said from you. You know, you are a man. You can speak. The, I can say these things, but I think you saying it just, you know, made it a little a little better <laughs> i'm just trying to kill this machismo man because like I, I i became consciousness of this whole like machista thing like uh, so listeners who don't speak spanish machismo is like like what people talk uh, call masculinity <laughs> and yeah. so um and in within the like latinx context it's very toxic like really toxic like really really toxic in terms of like you know, things that you see in the movies, like, oh, you like this girl? Oh, I like this girl, too. Oh, well, we got to go outside and, you know, we got to fight. You yeah. know, like, st- like stupid stuff like that, but then it manifests as you get older, and yeah. and, and it, it becomes parts of your decisions, right? And so then you become mm-hmm. overly aggressive, you know, you know, it, it, we hurt women a lot, 
you know, in terms of like, you know, in relationships where it's like you won't even listen to your partner or you won't, you, you know, in some cases, like to live up to this, to this macho. Exactly. Macho, but then like into man. the worst. Yeah. Like into the, the worst scenarios worst where like way. women are dying too much. You see what and I'm you saying? You lose yourself. You lose yourself. And yes. that too, you know, you no longer become you because you become kind of a monster. Like, I'm sorry to say it, but I mean, you become without feeling, without, you know, yep. without your own heart. You, you lose yourself when you try to maintain this image, try to maintain this lifestyle. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think I, I don't even want, I don't want to be biased too because I know women that are like that as well, trying to maintain this tough, like, I don't need you. I don't need anybody type of yeah. mentality. Um, so yeah, if you, if you're going through things, there are people that are trained to help you. There are, you are here on purpose. That's, that's what I want to say. You are here on purpose. You will get through it. Yeah, definitely seek the help, seek the assistance, seek what you need, you know? Yeah. And, and another thing too, it's like, you know, it kind of goes back to, you know, uh, all these con tough conversations really make me think that we are incredibly blessed to live in this city, you know, in Lorraine. Mm -hmm. And the biggest example that I think of, and you'll see where I'm going with this, is is, is LCCC. And, yeah. you know, LCCC offers a diversity scholarship where you can go to go to school in the county, right, and get yourself a scholarship for falling under a certain demographic, right? You know how many community colleges outside of Ohio that don't offer anything like that, like at all? So if you look at like diverse, um, diverse uh, uh, communities like in California, you know, I have cousins out there that went out to a uh, community college, but they didn't get any money for, mm -hmm. for, for just being Hispanic, right? Or, or Latinx yeah. or anything like that. So on top of that where i'm going with that is like having the nord center and having this folk all these different like organizations right that resources. are focused yeah like resources right that are focused on mental health that's why i say you know when i was saying before like there isn't any reason i always like to be conscious of people's reasons i don't like to dismiss that but right. as a man you know you know if we are really giving ourselves all this power to make all the decisions that we want for ourselves we need to be able to make the decision to say that I deserve to be okay too. Yes. And so, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm going to leave it at that, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and, um, you know, and I just want to thank you for, for being so brave and, and, and coming out about your experiences, right. So that people can gain, you know, lessons from that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It definitely, it took a lot. I'm still walking path of self-love and still learning myself and it's definitely a journey that i'm still journeying through <laughs> i'm yeah. still going through but yeah i yeah <laughs> i just felt i felt the need to share my story just to let people know like they're not alone there's tons of people i think everybody goes everybody goes through things for sure but if you can relate just know you're not alone you know, and if you can't relate, just know you're not alone. Not everyone's story. Not everyone's going to find the same way out. But there is hope. There is hope. And, you know, through that hope, through your journey, you can find a blessing. Like, through that, 
I knew I wanted I I knew I had to put that poetry book out there I knew I had to share my stories you know and I I was nervous at first I'm not gonna lie because a lot of my family bought my book and I was like oh my goodness they're gonna know everything I talked about (laughs) smoking marijuana I talked about um, depression I talked about suicide I talked about loving myself I talked about relationships things that you know I don't really tell like my family (laughs) yeah Um, but there's beauty in being vulnerable and at the end of the day I'm proud that I did it because it helped it helped make me who I am and if I can share my story and at least reach out to one other person and they can say wow that inspires me to share or that inspires me to write or that inspires me to seek help I've done what I wanted to do you know like yeah so yeah (laughs) All right. So wrapping up the episode, you know, I like to ask everyone this question and if they have any shout outs and where we can follow you. So if you could say one last thing to the world, you know, before we sign off in this episode, what would you say and what would it be? All right. If I could say one thing to the world, I know I'm going to sound repetitive because I probably said it a couple times during the podcast, but, (laughs) but it's my favorite thing to say is that there is faith and there is hope. No matter what you're going through, don't give up. There is a way. So that's what I'll say. Um, yeah, um, so my poetry account on Instagram is Angel the Flower Poems. No spaces, no capital letters. Um, it is a private page, but I'll check it every so often. I'll just accept everybody um, pretty much. So um, my personal page is Angel the Flower that one's public so you can check out my um public page my personal account um just to keep updated with poetry just see how i'm doing if you want to write me you can write me whatever (laughs) and then twitter i'm angel the flower on twitter as well awesome so (laughs) cool all right everyone well thank you so much for sticking through this episode we talked about a lot And, you know, just kind of reiterating, you know, in that, you know, um, uh, uh, content warning block is if you ever feel like you're going through something, please don't hesitate to contact a professional. I can't stress that enough. But as Angel said multiple times is that there is hope. Things do get better. People love you. You know, no Mm -hmm. matter who's listening to this, someone out there loves you. The world needs you. The world. And you need you. You need to believe in yourself. I had a thought today at work that if no one else believes in you. You believe in yourself and you'll still accomplish great things. That's, you know, I, I've gotten to that point mm-hmm. and, 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 uh, things are going really well. Yes. So, I've gotten to that point too. And I just want to say we've both hit bad bottoms and rocky bottoms, rock bottom. And look at us now we're slowly, we're getting on our feet. We're chasing our dreams. We're doing what we love. So if we can do it, you can too. You can too. Amazing. All right, everyone. So you can listen to us on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and I'm forgetting the rest. YouTube, Facebook, all of that. Uh, and Podbean. You know, I think I actually got all of them this time. So, yes, uh, looking forward to seeing you next week on the next episode. And uh, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to email me uh, because I'm putting up a website soon. So you can email me at Carlos at, you can email me at Carlos. I can't talk today. You can email me at Carlos at race, the number two to the finish dot live. And uh, I'm always looking forward to any questions that you have. 
So take care, everyone. Take care of yourselves. Love yourself. I love you. We all love you. And have a great day. All right. Bye-bye.